1: All right, welcome to Real Estate Fight Club. Today, I don't know if it's so much a fight, but I'm going to talk to Kyle Seabith about scaling your business. Hey, Kyle.
0: Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, we're not going to fight out today. We're just going to talk. We'll chat. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll give people some good, good golden nuggets, and we'll get it going
1: exactly so just so people know who you are let's do a, a quick introduction so you were the number one agent of the wall street journal in 2019 you've been in the top 10 ever since then you own a hard money lending company you have a like your your own team under 20, century 21 limitless that operates in rhode island connecticut massachusetts you're looking to expand your reach i mean you've done a ton of deals in the last
0: 10 years. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like you said, uh was number one in 2019, did over 570 transactions and since then been top 10 in transaction sides. We don't do entry only. We don't do for sale by owners type stuff like that. We're actually boots on the ground, listings, buyers. I know every single client. It's not a team. It's just me. I've got a bunch of admin support on the back end. Um, love what I do. Been doing it for 11 years. Started out first year, did seven transactions um, and then been in the four to five hundred range in the last few years and just keep grinding away and, and, and navigating through this difficult market that we're seeing right now and, yeah. and really just trying to, um, you know, make the best out of a situation that, you know, some folks are going to, you know, die on the vine. Other folks are going to get through it. And I think the people that can gain market share now, those are the big winners.
1: Exactly. And we were talking about before there's something. That ha- I mean, you went from doing seven deals to doing, you know, over 500 deals in a reasonably short amount of time. And a lot of people, they don't want to do like five or six or they don't even want to do 100 deals. But there's something magical that right. happens in between year four and six. Can you tell us like what happened to you and give us some pointers on growing your business? I,
0: I mean, I think the the magical thing that happened was I, I became an expert in leverage. I oh. became an expert in delegation and okay. I became an expert in return on investment and, and my ability to invest in the business and grow the business by adding gasoline on fires that were already producing good results. Now we're starting to do great results. So I think that was a big factor for me.
1: You're not a team, you're a solo. Like what I'm do you provide the leverage to us in the delegation part? What did you do?
0: So so the leverage, how I put my stuff together is I said, all right, at the end of the day, I was with Keller Williams and they were trying to really implement this team strategy. And the team strategy was a buyer's agent, a listing agent, and a, this, that, and the other thing. And I said, well, that's, that's great if I want to be lazy and not really grind and work and and, and really increase my profitability. So my net profit the profitability is, is the, the key, the right? Because how I'm set up is I have Right. I have a lot of staff below me that are administrative or variable in the sense that they get paid as a transaction coordinator. The more deals I do, the more they get paid. My admin staff, they get paid hourly wage, right? So we can leverage them. Uh, We've got three transactions coordinators. I've got a driver. I've got two admins. We've got a runner to go help do all the little, uh, you know, Odds and ends things. So it's it's really understanding, and it's your ability to, um, it's really your your ability as an agent to leverage things that don't generate income, and allow myself to just focus on those income-producing activities.
1: Now, this is something that we like, we talk about all the time on this podcast. They talk about it in like every book, on every other podcast. Is those money generating activities? So I have two questions. One like what are your money generating activities? And two, how did you make the switch from like, I have to do this to it's better if somebody else does that because it's like a mindset thing,
0: right? So I basically look at everything and I break down the opportunity cost of, you know, what is what is the cost to do this versus doing that? And I say at the end of the day, the money generating activities, right? The money generating activities that we're working on, um, those are meeting with new sellers. Those are you know, getting buyer agents, but getting buyers signed up to work with us. Those are working with investors. Those are working with flips. Those are working on our hard money. So anything that's going ge- to generate top line income is something that I'm going to put most of my effort in.
1: So some agents would argue, well, isn't the, the servicing, like the customer service part of the transaction, like the, um, transaction coordination and, and things like that, isn't that money generating?
0: Uh, say that again. What is it? Is what?
1: Some agents would argue that like the customer service part of it of like um, tra- doing their own transaction coordination is no. money generating. <laughs> I agree, but that, that that's, lie, that's,
0: that's, that's something anyone can do. That's something that's what I call a task and tasks are things you can pass on and a task can be done incorrectly. And yes, maybe I'll do every single task better than my staff. But at the end of the day, that's not a good use of my time. Why would I spend time doing 14, 16, $18 an hour tasks when I could be out there spending my time really generating income and again, you know, in a normalized market, my goal is to do probably a thousand transactions, which I think is doable, two to three a day, um, yeah. based on my based on my breadth of, of of clientele and my ability to navigate through the market. So I think at the end of the day, um, it's really really important that you focus on what you're good at, what generates income, and then go from there.
1: And I want to point out, pull out some things that you said. So. You look at each thing and, and you're basically like, hey, can I write a process for this? Is this like a simple task that 99% of people can follow? And if it is, you already know I'm not doing that. You can write a task out for like calling or getting in hold of sellers and um, doing a listing appointment. But there's some nuance to that, that 99% of people can't do. It, would you agree with that?
0: The... A thousand percent. Like, I'm going to take my chances and roll my dice on me being in front of the client. Right. Right. So set the appointment. Our, our whole goal is to get me in front of everyone, to get me in front of anyone and everyone that's possibly buying or selling. That's mm-hmm. what my administrative staffs. that's their goal, is to get right. me in front of them. The goal is to not you know, is, is, is to do nothing but that. Let me get in front of them and let me sell them. Let me figure out how to take this thing and, and bring it to the finish line versus um, me spending time on paperwork, on offers, on contracts, on emails. That's not going to be where my time gets spent.
1: Right. No, I agree with that. So, okay. So I'm an agent. I've been in the business. I'm right in that four to six year range. I know something's, I have to do something different in order for my business to scale. What is the first thing I do?
0: I think one of the big, most important things you can do is start to figure out what works in your area and in your location as far as generating leads and closing leads. And I think if you can figure out what the top players in your space are utilizing to close transactions and to close close out leads, that's going to be a huge benefit for you because that's going to allow you to figure out what they're doing. And then you're going to do it either on a smaller or larger scale based on what your goals are. So, Understanding what's worked for you in the past, understanding what worked for them, and then magnifying that and putting building that out into a, a you know exponential power.
1: Right, and that requires like some level of of tracking and really looking at your business and saying where do these people come from. What are some of the other things that that you ch- that you keep track of when you're looking at your business and looking to grow it?
0: I mean, we're looking at we're looking at pendings every week. We're looking at appointments. We're actually doing a really nice job lately of um, implementing a follow up system where one of my VAs literally follows up with every single person that's looked at a house and is the same text that goes out every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we're just continuing to follow up. We've got people on automated drip systems. Um, I've got a really good. I've got a really big um, network of investors that I reach out to and add value-adding properties to them, send them out on a weekly basis or a daily basis. So just really focusing on that.
1: How, as you look at the future of real estate, like I know you're involved in a lot of things, right? You're in a few different states. You're looking to expand that. You have a hard money lending company. Um, You do a lot of deals. How important do you think this diversification of your business is going to be in the future?
0: So my goals always been to have greater than double digit streams of income and yeah. significant income not just not just you know minor income but significant income that produces significant net profit on a monthly basis. So it's it's having the ability to have these streams of income that are that are out there that produce the income that we're looking for to to live a life that we want. I think we all have I think we all have the ability to um, Get to a position of financial freedom, and I think financial freedom, in my opinion, is the ultimate goal. To do what you want, when you want, with who you want, how long you want, um, essentially, is is the goal for me. And it's getting to that point. These transactional deals are are part of the way to get there. Now, along the way, I've I've definitely done, um, I've definitely taken a multitude of of risks along the way. Some good, some bad. Um, But I will continue to because what got me to be at this position isn't going to be what's going to get me to the next one. So there's going to be opportunities and risks and threats and chances and things that are going to happen. It's at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, it's how do we, how do you, you know, take calculated risks? How do you take calculated chances? And what does that look like overall?
1: What is your advice for people who are wanting to grow their business? you know, double what they're doing now, but they're like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't even know it would be holding them back, but I mean, we've seen it a bunch of times, right? Like they do get held back. So what's your advice for pushing them for helping them push themselves forward?
0: I think my advice is to stop with and a scarcity mindset And continue within a mindset of abundance. So we're Century 21 Limitless. And and the reason we're Limitless is because I believe that there is no limit. I I believe that you can achieve whatever you want within reason um, based upon your physical and mental abilities. So that's how I live and believe. And I think that's why we've taken that name on. I love it.
1: Now, There are some people in certain parts of the country, like I'm in the Midwest, you're, you know, you're East coast, but you guys sometimes have this little Midwest value of like, well, what I have is enough. So how do you, how did you, how do you think bigger, you yourself and what's your advice on thinking bigger?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the least, the, the, the person that thinks like that, the least, I don't believe anything's enough. I believe I always want more. I have no sense of complacency. That doesn't that doesn't even jive with me. That makes zero sense to my mental. Um, So I'm I'm always wanting more. I always want to strive for for greatness and success and whatever I reach along the way. Let's just keep it moving and keep going. So end of the day, it's it's really a function of um, how much and how bad do you want it. And and if it's not a function of you know, you know, having these different thresholds that we put on ourselves or these different ceilings, uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, you, you have to want more and you can't fall on that trap of complacency because then you can't complain that at the end the, that you haven't gotten what you wanted. You didn't get it right. because you put your own real imitating beliefs on yourself.
1: Boom. I love it. So if people want to get into your world, where's the best way to, to find you and get a hold of you?
0: If you guys want to get into my world, it's it's certainly um, important that you follow me on Facebook and Instagram. We do a lot of content. I'm a big believer in content I love content. I love to provide value and add different nuggets. And, um, you know, you've been great. This has been a great show and we we appreciate, you know, having having me on. Um, But, yeah, go on my Instagram. It's Kyle Seabith or the Seabith team. Uh, If you if you if you search that route and same thing, if you do that on Facebook, you'll find us everywhere. We're always putting out content for people.
1: That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on. Thank you so much.
0: No problem. Thank you so much. You guys all have a wonderful, uh, whatever month this is in, have a good month. Thanks for listening to this episode of the real estate fight club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button. So you get updates when new episodes are available and we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes reviews and suggestions for future topics.